0: Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1:30 as Hands and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah, counting you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness on 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Time now to welcome in Dan Feldman, he covers the NBA for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Dan, good morning.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: Good. So, Dan, you've been around the NBA long enough to know jazz fans crave a few things, national respect, a championship. I'm wondering if you view the jazz, well, how did you view them before game one of the Clipper series, and did that change anything when you watched that game?
1: I've been high on the jazz all year. I've, I, you know, I, I viewed them as, uh, going into the season, as a very, very safe playoff team. Uh, one of the better teams in the West. I think a little higher than most people. Did. It didn't take me long to recognize that this is a championship contender, that everything is coming together. Uh, that said, there are multiple championship contenders. Uh, this year, there are seemingly more than we've had in a long time, and the Clippers are one of them. Uh, you know, A win in a best-of-seven series is so important, and the Jazz got that. They're up 1-0. That's a big deal. I also think the Clippers, you know, coming off that seven-game series against the Mavericks, playing at altitude, uh, they, did, uh, they looked fatigued at times. They went deeper with their rotation. They didn't look particularly sharp. Uh, I think Kawhi Leonard is such a great postseason player that I probably think the Clippers will be the slightly better team throughout the rest of this po- uh, playoff series. But being slightly better uh, it might not be enough once you're down 1-0. You've got to be somewhat significantly better, and I'm not sure the Clippers will do that. I think this is uh, the most intriguing second-round series, and I think it could go either way.
2: So as we approach the second game, what did you see in Game 1 that caught your eye that both teams could be able to use to their benefit in Game 2 and the rest of the series?
1: Um, Well, well, I think the Clippers uh, need to get better personnel on the floor. I think a lot of Luke Kennard, Donovan Mitchell could take advantage there. Um, And and I think that was most likely because, you know, what we were just saying about the fatigue coming off that Dallas series. Uh, So if the Clippers can get better personnel on the floor, I think that that bodes well for them. But Donovan Mitchell is a really good playoff player. Uh, He has stepped up in the postseason enough times now to to know he can do this. Uh, He he hasn't reached a level where you can count on him doing that every game, uh, but he's definitely capable. And so I, you know, I think especially as long as Mike Conley's out, a lot of this is going to ride on how hot Donovan Mitchell is.
0: Law was made of the Clippers' ability to go small, but I thought when they went big, they made some plays. How would you play it if you were Ty Lu going forward?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. They were better when they, they went big, uh, but in theory on paper, it does seem like their small lineup can give the, the Jazz a, a little bit more trouble. Rudy Gobert it, is better in space than he used to be. He's He's good even. Uh, But he's much better when he can camp out in the paint. Like that's when he's at his very best. Uh, So if you can get Rudy Gobert not playing to his strength uh so I'm not sure you know because it like you said it did work better in game one when they went big uh I think you've just got to be open to uh to either way I think it, you know it's still a feel-out portion of the series figuring out what's going to work what doesn't uh w- which specific matchups are are helping um because I, I don't think it's clear I think going into the series it looked like going small would, would be better and now it's unclear
2: I'm sort of thinking as this series progresses that we may not have any flow from one game to the next. So whatever I saw in game one, I don't know that I can really bank and count on game two and so forth. Do you think that is accurate?
1: Well, I think it's more so true from game one because the Clippers were in such a different situation uh, because of the fatigue. and. Uh, you know, if Mike Conley comes back, that's going to swing things again. Uh, but maybe once the series settles in, we'll see more to game-to-game flow. Uh, but, yeah, I think for the early part of the series, I think you're right uh, that, that it might be a little disconnected.
0: I'm with you on the Clippers looking looking fatigued, looking tired, looking worn out. You know, it's uh, winning Game 7, and you got to play two days later on the road at Elevation But I don't know that they get their legs under them for game two. They don't have uh, a three-day break here. I mean, they're going to play every other day. Maybe it helps being back home with their crowd and no elevation. Uh, Do you think this is just going to be an issue for them when you see the massive minutes that somebody like Kawhi Leonard had to play?
1: I mean, it might continue to be an issue, but they did expand their rotation in game one. Uh, I think with the idea of, all right, let's get our legs back under us uh, for the rest of the series. It's not like they threw the game. They were right there. In the end, their, their top players still played a, a good amount. Um, but, but I think the hope for them is that's a reset, but no, it very much could be that, that they're just tired the, the rest of the way that they're, they're worn down and feeling it, and the Jazz have this energy advantage.
2: You think it gets chippy at all?
1: It could. I mean, there, I think there are uh, enough players on, on both teams who uh, opponents don't like going against who can frustrate opponents, uh, which might be a compliment to, to all of those players. Um, you know, so, yeah, it, it could. I think the longer a playoff series goes, there's more room for that. Guys get tired of, of seeing each other. and uh, I think there's more potential for this series to go long than any other second-round series.
0: All right. Do you mean Patrick Beverly or Joe Ingles or both?
1: <laughs> you can throw Patrick Ingle, uh, or Patrick Beverley in there for sure, Joe Ingles, absolutely. Uh, I think Rudy Gobert can get on some opponent's nerves. Uh, Marcus Morris definitely can, yeah. Rajon Rondo. It, it's not a short list uh, <laughs> between these teams.
2: So I thought that earlier in the week that the winner of this series would go on to the finals. Now I've seen the Suns go up 2-0. I'm starting to have a little bit of doubt. How about you?
1: I, I again I think this is a wide open year more so than we've we've seen in a while. Uh the Suns are a championship contender absolutely right there with the Jazz right there with the Clippers. I uh, I'm just more fascinated to see how it plays out. The Suns are are really really good in in some similar ways to how how the Jazz are good. Uh they play hard, they play together, they have good depth. They've got underrated uh top level talent. Chris Paul has been, you know, such a good playoff player throughout his career everybody gets hung up on a few disappointing moments. And those are real. Those happen. Those count too. But even if you count those, his overall record in the postseason has been awesome individually. Um, and now now he's got a, a good young team around him. Uh, I like how they defend versatility. I like how they can create their their own shot uh, with Paul, with Devin Booker. Uh, they're a really good team. It, it's. Uh, I hope, and it probably will be how it goes, but I hope – when we're done with, with this postseason, we don't look as oh, whichever team of you know the Jazz or the Suns or even the Clippers doesn't win the West. Oh, they were frauds. They didn't have it. No, these are all really good teams. I don't think the Nuggets are there once Jamal Murray got hurt. But these other three teams, they're all really good. Only one can win.
0: We're joined right now by Dan Feldman. He covers the NBA for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Uh, you say this is the series with the best chance to go along. I think the only other one would be Atlanta, New York. Don't you think Denver and Milwaukee are both beat, and they know they're beat?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, teams up 2-0 uh, after winning the first two games at home win 94% of the time. It's not those series are done, uh, but they look fairly close to done. Uh, 76ers-Hawks, it's a little more even uh, but I also think the 76ers have been the better team throughout the season. Uh, Joel Embiid looks healthy. You wouldn't really be able to tell he's injured. Uh, so I think Philadelphia has a, a pretty big advantage there. But that is the other one with a little more intrigue. Because uh, the way the Nets have beaten the Bucks uh, and the way the Suns have, have beaten the Nuggets, it's hard to see those trailing teams coming back.
2: You okay with Rudy Gobert as the depoy?
1: Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm not okay with uh, all the votes Ben Simmons got. Uh, I think it was Rudy Gobert by a landslide. I do think uh, that Rudy Gobert is a, is a better regular season defender than playoff defender, and he's a great playoff defender too. Uh, he's just even better in the regular season. This is a regular season award. Uh, I, I think his victory should have been even more decisive.
0: Well, he got 84 out of 100 votes, but I'm sure Jazz fans wouldn't have minded if it was unanimous. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was an award race this year where I thought there was a runaway winner more so than Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year. And honestly, I think this was, like, I know everybody out in Utah loathed Ben Simmons campaigning for this award, Doc Rivers campaigning for Ben Simmons. I think it worked. I think without that campaign, I don't think Ben Simmons gets 15 first-place votes.
2: How much do you believe in Paul George in the postseason?
1: Ooh. Uh, more than most people do, uh, but, but definitely not. Uh, it's not complete faith. He definitely has his downer games, including game one, uh, but he has been in the postseason a long time. He's very up and down. I think people forget how good he was with the Pacers, leading them uh, deep into the playoffs, going toe to toe with the eventual champion Heat. Uh, he's had a lot of good playoff moments. He can be very good in the playoffs. Don't overlook him, don't just assume. Uh, that he's not going to come through for his team. Cause he will sometimes he just doesn't do it all the time.
0: So when it's all done, is it the nets or does Harden have to stay healthy?
1: Oh yeah. You know, I, I do think the nets at this point are the most likely team to win the title, but I would take the field uh, over them still. They're obviously, they're obviously more talented with James Harden when he's healthy. Uh, but I'm not sure totally how much he adds. There's some diminishing returns on the scoring at a certain point once you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Those guys are so good, such great shot makers, can do it in the playoffs. James Harden, again, as the talent level makes their offense even more dangerous. Uh, but the way the Nets have defended in this series against the Bucs, I've been so impressed. And some of that is having better defensive personnel on the floor when you're not playing James Harden. That's some of it. Now Harden steps up his defense a little bit in these playoffs too. I think all the Nets have, uh, but he's not naturally a really good defender. Uh, he's good at a couple of things, he you know here and there. He's good in the post. He's good when he's in his individual matchup. it comes to team defense, he can be lazy. He can lose his man. A lot of things can go wrong there. Uh, and, and so I, I think maybe even without James Harden, uh, then that's a very different team in some ways. In some ways, they're a better team without him. In some ways, they're better with him. Uh, Maybe some of that's a little matchup-dependent, exactly how you want to play to it. Uh, But they're able to handle having Harden gone fairly well. Do you think
2: the biggest NBA news of the week so far is that LeBron is changing numbers next season?
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, from from interactions on our site, it might be. Everybody's very interested in this. And oh man, what what a story years in the making talking about giving <laughs> up his number for Anthony Davis. I mean, what a what a feel good story.
0: <laughs> and it's going to sell a lot of jerseys.
1: Uh yeah, I mean, you know, if you got all the LeBron jerseys and I get I get the new ones and you know new every team's got new jerseys every year and so you're going to have to get the number 6s for next year and the year after and the year after and uh yeah, I mean if uh, if that's important to you, if selling jerseys is important to you, this is a great move. Uh, for the rest of us, eh, who
2: cares? <laughs> I've already asked my parents to get it for me for Christmas. Oh, stop.
1: <laughs> well, I, I guess you got to be good between now and December. Exactly. Santa-
2: the onus is on me the- now for the rest of the year. No jersey Excellent for point. PK. Excellent point. Thank you.
0: <laughs> All right, Dan, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, Dan Feldman covers the NBA for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. You can
2: read him there. I feel dirty. And that's because? Because I agree with you. For what? This idea of the tough Mavericks series, which it was, no doubt, obviously, a ton of energy was expended with uh, Leonard and George averaging 40.7 minutes, both of them right on the dot. That's a lot of minutes to be playing in a course of seven games, plus the, just the emotional nature of it rather than strictly physical. And if they were a little gassed in game one, I don't see how they get un-gassed because the amount of rest time doesn't it change. that big,
0: yeah. He, uh, Kawhi Leonard got him foul trouble, so he didn't play as many minutes. I wonder... If they hadn't had foul trouble, and I have to go back and look at the box score, but it seems like other people had foul trouble too. If they didn't have foul trouble, would they spread the minutes around? It's the only way for them to win to play Kawhi and Paul George for 40 minutes. They didn't get into foul trouble. They
2: chose to take him out. Foul trouble is when you have five.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, coaches are going to take him out when you get two in the first. Well, quarter. I know. Now but the, the third one, no rule that
2: says you have to. The
0: third one he got right before halftime, so he only would have played an extra forty-five and seconds took out, or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
2: But I just wonder. You don't foul. Don't put yourself in the position of foul. I, it just frustrates me sometimes. When you see this. It's the postseason, and oh, he got. I got two fouls. I got to take them out, as if it's a bylaw
0: the NBA bylaws hold on so I don't think bylaws. it was second. foul
2: trouble he had two fouls and they chose to take him out second foul I gotta go you don't have to go that's the point point. and he's smart enough and I wonder how how much the referees how much guts do they have to call a foul on their star player in a playoff game when everybody in their dog who's interested is watching it better be where you ran over somebody yeah. and it becomes so blatantly and- obvious you had no choice and not playing big minutes. I mean, he still
0: played 36 minutes. That's right. That would be a big number for most people, but because he's Kawhi Leonard and he's coming off a series average in 40, it feels like he didn't play as much. But I wonder if they'll try to run him out there for 40 in this game.
2: Well, if you, you got to win the game. I mean, you don't literally have to win this game. but
0: Yeah, but the pressure's on. You don't want to be down 0-2, and I know they came back in the last round from 0-2, but you can't keep playing with fire.
2: And... Yeah, I don't know how much you can count on your home court. Didn't you lost two there? Didn't you? To start right, you lose three. You went no, they one lost in three. three. You went one in three yeah. at home, and you advanced. Yeah, with six straight losses. How many times does that happen? <laughs> and, and you're not uh, gonna the, have
0: the only other team that I can think that went one and th- like well, they didn't. They went one and two because when the Jazz played the Clippers, that was uh, the the home team only won two games in that series. I don't
2: even remember when that
0: was. Twenty seventeen. Joe Johnson hits the shot, game I, one. I, I
2: mean, I don't remember. I mean, remember You don't remember how the a, series went? Yeah, yeah, the road
0: team won five out I of seven. I remember Joe
2: Johnson hitting a in shot. shot. Yes. yes, I
0: do. Road team won five out of seven. That, and of I
2: know they won game seven, but I can't remember anything. Anything in else <laughs> in the middle? I just remember Joe Johnson hitting the shot of that whole series. That's the only thing I remember.
0: You don't remember? Rudy Gobert got hurt. Like Okay, now you say that, yes. In the opening minute of the opening game. I think he played, it might have been the first possession, actually.
2: It was, and then Derek Favors came up. Favors
0: was really good, and Gobert came back in game four, I think.
2: Maybe five. And then what are they supposed to have, 7,000 fans? (laughs) All you Utah Republicans, aren't you grateful that we have a Democrat (laughs) there now?
0: (laughs) And I think all that will change in the next round, but they got to be there in the next round for it to
2: change. Oh, in the conference final round. Well, I don't know what's going on because it's sold out.
0: I don't know what's going on because it's indoors, and so I don't know the rules in California that well. But I've read, but I've read multiple. Outdoors, I've read multiple things about that would be awesome. I've read multiple things about the baseball teams in mid June are all going to full capacity, Irregardless of location. I know the Padres are. I think the Dodgers are. The A's. No one writes about that because they won't even if the rules change. So it's the Giants and the Angels that I'd have to have to check on. But I've seen stories about the Dodgers and the Padres. Oh, well they'll be
2: done, so it won't matter.
0: Right, that's the thing is I don't know what it'll matter in mid-June. They'll be on
2: our rear view mirror
0: be all Phoenix all the time at that point.
2: You know, oh man, it's going to be blazing hot too. You showed me the phone the other day. When does it go to 110? Oh, 110? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it
0: was uh, like a 111. Well, if it's
2: 100 here. Katie, barred the door down there.
0: <laughs> there was a thing. P.K. showed me the phone in a commercial. And goes, look at this. And there was like four days in the hundreds, I think. And then it went to 111 and didn't go down.
2: Tomorrow's 106. Uh, then Saturday, 109. Sunday, 111. And that's the coolest day of the next week. <laughs> Monday, 115. Tuesday, 117. Three days of this. Three consecutive days of one seventeen, sandwiched by one fifteen on both sides of those three consecutive days. I'm telling you, that is the number one reason why these kids leave to go play college ball outside. You can
0: blame whatever coach or whatever coaching staff you want, but as long as it's 117 degrees, they want out. Kids are gonna take an offer and go to Utah or California. They try something they'll else. go to they'll go to heat and humidity in Texas and Florida. They don't care. They're gone.
2: And it, it's like You know an illness is coming, and there's nothing you can do about it. So you get to May. Like, I was talking to my sister. It's her birthday. I told her she went over to uh, Del Mar in that area the other day, Mm -hmm. and she was talking to me because it was at the end of May, and she was talking to me, yeah, we know when we go home. We know what we're facing. And it's exactly the way it is. You just you know it's coming, and there's zero you can do about it, and you absolutely dread it. It's the only place, the only city in the country where everybody dreads summer. Now, I will say that in other areas it's gotten very, very hot and humid. So it's not like you can go to the hottest place I ever played golf was at the LSU golf course in August when I was down there for the watchdog covering Utah state and they have a golf course and I played it cause I had a couple of days and the humidity and all was, it was just awful. And I grew up playing in 115 and it was brutal. So you know, there's not a whole lot of places you can go to escape it. But they, but the thing about this is this is every freaking day until the middle of October now. Well, the
0: San Diego State's coaching staff better get on it. Just start mailing them weather reports. Texting them the weather every day.
2: What's his name? What's the guy's name? The coach? The Michigan guy? Can't think of his name. Brady Hoke. Brady Hoke, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of talent there, man. So it's 79 marshed. here today. So nice ocean breeze. <laughs> yeah, up, over to the Mesa. Let's I, do. this I don't thing. have um, on my phone. I don't have San Diego, but I have Manhattan Beach.
0: Well, it's not going to be that different.
2: No, the high. Well, for them next week in the middle, it's going to it's going to be warm in the west because next Wednesday they got 81, and that's upper level for them. So all around next week. I I guess today and tomorrow it's supposed to be cooler here, but I think I think it plays a a factor in kids wanting to get out. Absolutely, I think they want to try something different, man, because they just get so sick of it. Uh, I know I was sick of it, and when I finally moved out, uh, it was July fourth, and we wanted to do something to be cool. So we're gonna—I was first year of my marriage, and we're gonna uh, get—we go to a movie. And I go to the theater. I'd like to see this show. We're sold out. I'd like to see this show. We're sold out. I want to see this show. So you got anything? No. <laughs> it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You, you, you couldn't have told me that straight up that you just don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she made me go like three different things. And so we went bowling just because at that point. Anything to go out yeah, and out of the house we were but in a, stay we, indoors. We were in an apartment in Mesa, and I was paying for utilities. And so my wife's a first-year teacher, and I'm working, making a cool sixteen thousand, which was my second newspaper job, which was a five thousand dollar raise. Nice. I remember when I got uh, the Mesa Tribune. How much do you want? Uh, you know, yeah, okay, a big shot, man. I'm like twenty three years old. You know, man. Well, you know, I think you know maybe uh, three hundred a week. Oh man. Oh no, no, I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. <laughs> <laughs> I want the job. So bad. <laughs> and they but they gave it to me. Which equated, I think, if you do the math, to 16000 My
0: first job <laughs> offer in a radio station in Santa Barbara was six hours a day, six days a week, no benefits, $800 a month. And I said no. I can't oh, live on did? that. you did? Yeah, I can't live on that. Wow. Yeah. I just, and I wanted it. Re- and I told the guy, John, I just was telling you about it today because it's his birthday and it popped up on Facebook. I told John Palminteri, I said, I want the job. I want it really bad, but I, I can't live on that. I mean, you know what it costs to rent. I, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to pay so, carry it through. He said, let me get back to you. And he came back and got from the uh, the owners, whatever. Five days a week, eight hours a day, benefits $1,000 a month. I'm in. I took
2: it. It's not bad. Yeah.
0: And and had a roommate. It was five guys in a four-bedroom house, and we're all splitting the rent because Santa Barbara's freakishly expensive. So, that was the only way to make it work. But mm-hmm. it made it work. Cool. So, All right, DJ and PK, when we come back. Everything you missed in this show. We're getting you up to speed next. Rudy, Defensive Player of the Year, Game 2, Clipper Jokes. Yak, you got a couple more Clipper Jokes for the people. Yeah, we do. All right, we'll play some of those for you. We'll do it next. DJ and PK, get you up to speed. Stay with us. It was a night to remember at a packed Vivint Arena. Ow! Oh, my goodness gracious, Donovan. As the Utah Jazz picked up an emotional Game 1 victory. Round two between the Jazz and Clippers continues Thursday at 8 with the Jazz Live pregame show beginning at 7 on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Just nasty!